We're going to set this party off right. Man, I promise. She's so self-conscious. She has no idea what she's doing in college. That made it as she made it and don't make no money. But she won't drop out of parents to look at her funny. Now, tell me that ain't insecure. The concept of school seems so secure. Sophomore three years ain't picked a career. She like, fuck it. I just stayed out her and do hair. Because that's enough money to buy her a few pairs of new ears. But the baby daddy don't really care. She's so precious with the peer pressure. Couldn't afford a car. So she named her daughter Alexis. She had hair so long that it looked like weave. Then she cut it all off. Now it look like Eve. She be dealing with some issues that you can't believe. Single black female addicted to retail. And well, and when it falls down, who you gonna call now? Yeah. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Big Angry, aka Angry Man, aka Tony, aka that dude, aka. Mr. Let's Get It Poppin' in 2020, a.k.a. back with another episode, y'all. It's the I'll Get Better Later, I Promise podcast with your host, the one and only Big Angry, a.k.a. Tony, a.k.a. I think I already did this, but we're going to keep it moving. I wanted to talk to y'all today about some topics that are near and dear to my heart. Hopefully, they'll resonate with y'all and y'all will want to listen and leave some feedback and tell your friends about it. But I do want to uh, thank those who have supported me thus far in my endeavors. Uh, Your efforts are not ignored. They are appreciated. And I can't thank you all enough. Um, You know, whenever somebody steps outside of their comfort zone and tries something new, it's a scary thing for them. And it's very precious to them. And to have the support of their friends and family means the world. Uh, I thank you all those who know me on a personal level. Thank y'all. Uh, and those who don't know me but are supporting anyway, I thank y'all too. Y'all are amazing. Uh, thank you for joining the group. Thank you for liking the post. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Uh, all that y'all do is not is not ignored. And I just wanted to take a second to tell y'all that this is the third episode of the I'll Get Better Later I Promise podcast. Y'all are stuck with me through episode zero, episode one, episode two. So now we're going to pull up to the three-point line and see what we can do with it tonight, y'all. I want to go ahead and get right into it. I apologize for the poor audio quality on previous episodes. I'm using a new microphone. I'm trying some different things with it this week. Hopefully this comes out better. Give me some feedback and uh, let me know what y'all think so I can try to get better. Like I said in the name. Uh, The first topic that I wanted to come to y'all and talk about tonight was. uh, How can I say it? Uh, I want to talk to y'all about musicians and artists. And give my opinion on who I feel is the greatest artist of all time. Um, So an artist is somebody, like I said just a few minutes ago, who is giving something to the world. They're giving a piece of themselves. And it's different levels of it. There's people who do it strictly for uh, profit. Some people who do it for their own enjoyment. Some people who do it for fame and accolades and money and things of that nature. And, you know, it, it... it creates different levels of art. Some people consider sneakers to be art. Some people consider, you know, painting houses to be art. It's all in the eye of the beholder and nobody can really judge what art is. It's a personal thing. Some people may walk across something in the woods and take a beautiful picture of it. That picture will be considered art, but just seeing it in nature, is that also art? Is nature an artist? 
it's kind of kind of a deep thought if you think about it. You know, what is art? Who is an artist? If you can take a photograph of something that occurs naturally in nature and that photograph is art, does that not mean that nature itself is an artist too? And, you know, art is something that can touch different people in different ways and make us feel emotions and make us, you know, have conversations with ourselves through song that we may not have in other ways. And I don't know if everybody really appreciates that on the same level. Some people are huge fans of different art. Some people, you know, make it a big part of their personality to express themselves through their art. And that could be music or paintings, video games, anything. I think that uh, some artists are just so creative that they can create in different medias, whether it be music or visual arts or, you know, painting or drawing. You see people who have just so much talent and skills. You'll see like a Stevie Wonder who, despite his physical disabilities, is able to play several instruments. And some people who were born fully capable with eyes and, you know, sight and vision and hearing and everything can't can't even hold a candle to. But it's something that's within him that is just a gift that some people have. I think everybody has the gift, but people have different levels of it. And some people are on the higher tier of it. And I wanted to kind of segue that into talking about who I think in my opinion, may be one of the greatest artists, if not the greatest artist of all time, regardless of art form. And I think that's Kanye West. I can hear the boos from here right now. Yeah, boo, Kanye, we hate Kanye. But Kanye West is an artist who has created masterpieces through various media, various you know forms of expression, whether it's producing songs for other artists, or making his own music, singing, rapping, doing poetry, fashion, uh, to having his own clothing line, uh, different comic books, and different uh, cartoon, you know, characters that he's created, mascots like the Dropout Bear, uh, projects with Kid Cudi where they collaborate on different, uh, you know, songs and videos and things of that nature. So it's several different forms of art that he's able to express his creativity through. In a way that touches people. I started the podcast off, you know, with uh, a verse from All Fall Down with uh, Selena Kyle, I believe is her name, or Selena Powell. I apologize if I got that wrong. But those of us who are around the same age as me, I know y'all remember that song. I know y'all remember remembering every verse, every line of that song, every word, and reciting it and feeling those lyrics. You know, that's not something that just any artist can do. There are great artists who make great art that doesn't really connect with anybody on that type of a deep level. And when somebody comes along and they can create that that feeling with so many people, so many different ways, I think that's something that should be celebrated. Um, yeah, that's a thought. All right, y'all, we back with another topic. This one may be a little bit controversial, which is kind of my my thing. I talk about the things that people don't like to talk about. And hopefully I do it in a tactful and respectful way. I apologize if I offend anybody. That's never my intent. I just want to further the conversation and see if we can communicate with each other better and more honest and openly. 
And to that, my next topic I wanted to talk about is being aware that everybody is not operating on the same wavelength. And when I say that, I think that a lot of the the frustrations that we have, a lot of the conflicts that we have, a lot of the misunderstandings that we have come from not recognizing and understanding that people see things with different levels of understanding, to say it as, as nicely as I will be able to. I can't say it without, you know, probably offending someone, and I don't intend to. I'm not mocking anyone. I'm not trying to belittle anyone. But the best way I can illustrate this, I work for an insurance agency. And one of the things that insurance agencies tend to do is to send out mailers to potential customers or current customers, either trying to recruit new business or trying to continue relationships and hopefully grow our existing business. And one of the things that they do um, is to send birthday cards to customers. If we have a date of birth, the, com- the company will generate an automate- automatic uh, birthday card with your name and a letter from your agent saying happy birthday, so on and so forth. You would be surprised the number of people who get these cards and think that they are personalized cards that are being sent to them. And they are grateful for it and they're appreciative of it. Most people that I I have talked to or that I know, I believe, would get the card and see it for exactly what it is. It is a, a form letter generated card from a company. It's a nice thought, but it is not something that you would mistake for a personalized letter from someone. But people do. And God bless those people. There's nothing against those people. I'm not mocking those people, but I'm pointing out that this is something that we have to take into account. There are people who get random letters that aren't even personalized cards, just letters from insurance companies with the agent's name on it who think that this is the agent's attempt to recruit their business and who is who they believe has per- reached out to them on a personal basis. And I know this is the, the belief of the people because they they all expect to speak with the agent and expect him to know who they are upon arrival because they've had this correspondence. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that is a thing that is happening. And it's just one example. I'm sure you can think of things similar to it. And these people are working jobs some of them have become supervisors and lawyers and all kinds of things potentially maybe not lawyers that may be a bit of a reach but you understand the point they are just normal people in society that are not able to understand things that would seem obvious to some but they're able to somehow persevere and prosper and do well.
But when you talk to these people, if you yourself are someone who is able to see things at a, a clear level, you realize that something is not right. You realize that you're, you're not on the same page when you're talking to these people. Convincing these people of anything is near impossible. Speaking on a general level. But they make decisions for other people who may not see things the way that they do. I think we need to be aware of this when we communicate and we have misunderstandings and we have disagreements and we have uncomfortable situations and we can't quite figure it out and we think that it's somebody being malicious or somebody trying to make a joke or make a fool of us. I think it is entirely possible that at least some of these interactions are absolutely the result of people seeing life through different lenses. I think I have navigated this topic in a very fair and unmalicious, if that is a word, way. And I hope that you guys understand what I'm saying. Let me know. Check me if I'm wrong. I think that I'm at least partially right. Let me know what you think. One last thought on this topic before I go. I am fully aware that through my own ego and my own pride, I may see myself as someone who is functioning on a high level of understanding and who can see things fairly clearly. I'm fully aware that there are people who may look at me and the way that I function and feel the same way that I have previously just talked about someone who sees the card and doesn't know the difference between a personalized letter and a form letter. I am at least self-aware enough to know that they are no worse or no better than myself and I am no better or no worse than they. So before y'all crucify me in the comments, <clears throat> hopefully y'all hear this as well and understand my point. And that someone who is functioning on a higher level than myself may look at me and say, this guy doesn't realize that X is Y and Y is Z. So I don't think that even with my own pride and ego taking into account that I am the end all be all of human reasoning and logic. Please understand that, and I say that as humbly as possible. Thank you. Ha ha ha. So, I'm going to talk about myself for a little bit. I am someone who suffers with anxiety. And those of you who know me will know and are probably saying, yes, he does. It's not something that I've always had. It's something that I developed after the passing of my mother. Um, and it's something that I deal with on a daily basis to varying degrees of success. Um, I have been 
to, you know, doctors and therapists and have talked to them about my anxiety and we've tried to come up with ways to treat it and to deal with it and to get through it. And it helps. And, you know, I have perspective about my situations and I try to deal with things as they come on a day to day basis. And I think that I do okay. I could do better. I'm trying to do better. I'll get better later. I promise. Podcast on Spotify. But I wanted to talk to y'all about, you know, what anxiety is to me, how it feels, and try to start a discussion and hopefully bring some attention to this issue, which is near and dear to me, and uh, hopefully help somebody in the process too. So to me, anxiety is it's like a, it's almost like a, a state of mind. When I'm dealing with, well, it's it's a daily part of my life, and I feel like it affects my relationships with others and my my performance at work, and all other facets of my life. It it feels as though everything is constantly on my mind, all the time, all at once, and I'm constantly trying to figure out how to deal with it so I'm doing everything and nothing at the same time it causes me to to not do things that I should do and sometimes to do things that I should not do it is something that can't be reasoned with a lot of times. And it's something that happens whether you're realizing it or not. And I think that one of the important things is, one of the important things about dealing with it are to deal, to be aware when you're operating in that wavelength, when you feel that your anxiety levels are high, knowing how you feel and talking with someone and taking your medicine and doing what you're supposed to do. Is not something that, you know, <clears throat> I'm no doctor, so I'm not going to tell anyone how to take care of their mental health issues. Please take your meds, talk to your doctor. I'm talking about me and how I've dealt with things and how, you know, how I want to try to deal with it better going forward. Because I don't think it's something that people talk about very often. I think it's something that is very much stigmatized and it's something that we need to be able to normalize and try to to deal with better as a community. And I'm speaking about the African-American community specifically, but America as a whole as well, you know? And the African-American community isn't just people of African-American descent. I mean, the people who are in our communities, the people that we interact with, whether they're black, white, or whatever, if they're part of the community, they're part of the community. That's why I say community instead of race. But back to the, the issue of the anxiety, um, I myself am currently not taking any medication and I am dealing with it on a okay basis. Um, my personal reason for not being on medication is I do not have health insurance 
and I'm not able to see a doctor on a regular basis and get prescriptions on a regular basis. Um, I've done so in the past and I know that it helps. So I need to try to make that a priority and something that I need to do better with. But we're being honest and talking about where we are, not trying to make excuses or to make any kind of false projections. We're being real. Um, anxiety, I feel like it builds upon itself and it builds and builds and builds and it weighs you down when you're going through it. It makes you react differently than you would in a situation where you're not dealing with so much anxiety. When your anxiety levels are low, the weight isn't so heavy. You feel more like yourself. You feel more free or I feel more free. And when the anxiety, my, my anxiety levels are high, it feels as though I can't function the way I normally would function because I'm thinking about so many different things and I'm solving so many problems and I'm so many places at once that I'm nowhere at the same time. And so recognizing that I'm getting in those patterns and I'm having those behaviors and I'm having those kind of thoughts, recognizing it early and trying to change those behaviors is important to me in my way of trying to mitigate the effects of it to varying degrees of success. Do y'all struggle with anxiety? Do y'all know people who struggle with anxiety? Is it something that you've dealt with in the past? Or do you have any experience with it? Are you a healthcare professional? Are you somebody who is familiar with it and more, more uh, versed in it than I am? And you may have some information that may contradict what I said. I'd love to hear it. If I said something that's incorrect, let me know. Because I never want to be the person who spreads misinformation. That's why I want to clarify that I'm talking about myself. I'm not diagnosing anyone or treating anyone or recommending anything to anyone. And I just want to have a discussion and give a platform for people who feel the way that I feel, who may not have anybody to talk to, to have a place to talk about it. So hopefully that's what will happen. Thank you. Yeah. All right, y'all. Mm. Y'all still with me? All right, cool. I feel all grown up and edgy talking about all this stuff that we're not supposed to talk about. But y'all know this is the kind of stuff that I like to talk about. These are the things that I've spent endless hours debating those amongst y'all who know me. <laughs> this is the stuff that we talk about endlessly, sometimes loudly. <laughs> And I appreciate y'all putting up with me. And now I get to share it with the world and hopefully frustrate everybody and challenge their beliefs. I think it's important that we challenge what we believe and not be so uh, prone to accepting things that we are told at face value. People who know me know I'm a fact checker. <laughs> not a fat checker. I'm a fact checker. I, if you tell me something, I'm going to look it up and it drives people nuts because they think it's me saying that I don't trust them or I don't believe them, but I'm a firm believer that we have pretty much all the knowledge in human history in our pockets, in the palm of our hands and these cell phones and tablets and laptops and devices. You can get, you can access Google from some refrigerators. There's no need to not know stuff. There's no need for us to be spreading misinformation. 
If somebody says something and you're not sure about it, you can just look it up. It's so many times I talk to people and they say something, I fact check it. It turns out what they said was inaccurate and they get mad at me for checking it. Am I supposed to just accept the the fact that you gave me that's incorrect? Am I to let you continue to believe something that is incorrect? Or should we be able to share information? If you have something that proves what I'm saying is wrong, I want to know. If you say something and I present something opposite to it, and you go and present me some some facts that you know are contradictory to what I just saw, then we can both look into it and see what we can come up to as a agreement. That's how things that's how things should work if you're talking about facts and information. But a lot of times people just uh, cling to this is what I said, this is what I believe, and there's no change in my mind about it. I think anytime you get to that position where there's no change in your mind about it, there's no way to have a productive conversation because you're really just trying to convince each other of something. And that is super frustrating to me. (laughs) And of course, this makes me the most popular person in the world that people love to talk to about stuff. But I think that people appreciate my honesty and the fact that they know if I say something, it's something that I truly believe. And it's most likely something that I've researched and at least sourced what I'm saying. I'm not just making it up out of thin air or misremembering stuff on purpose. You know, so what do you think? Is that something that people do that you don't like or something that you do like? Let me know. All right. Let's see if I can talk about this. We can talk about anything, right, y'all? Yeah, we can talk about anything. We are open-minded people, and we can communicate honestly, and we can disagree with each other respectfully. All right, thank you, random listeners. You are a very open-minded person. I think I can talk to you. You're welcome. All right, so (laughs) I wanted to talk about race and uh, racism. And the importance of labeling things correctly. I think that a lot of energy that could be directed towards actual racists, I think that energy gets wasted on people who are suffering from a lack of understanding and a lack of perspective. And I think that the the way that uh, this conversation tends to go is counterproductive to what we're trying to do. So if the goal is to weed out the racist and the ignorant and the hateful amongst us, right? I think we spend a lot of that time and a lot of that energy going after those who just don't understand the other person's perspective and has no hate or no malice in their heart towards each other. Let me explain. So I'm going to be talking specifically about black and white racial issues. I'm more versed in that and more familiar with that. I can't speak on Muslim Hindu relations or 
Jewish Amish relations or anything along those lines. So bear with me, y'all. But I think that racism or a racist is someone who has a feeling of hate towards another person strictly because of their race or the color of their skin or some other ethnic distinguishing factors. I think that racists are not really people who can be saved. I don't think that they are worth our time. I don't think that there's any redeeming qualities to people who are outright racist, who can hate an entire race just because they were born a certain color. I don't think they have much to offer humanity in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think that they're worth our time. And then there are people who are not malicious, not hateful, but prejudiced against people because of their race. These people will laugh and talk amongst other races, but behind closed doors, they may say things that are insensitive. They may make jokes with people who are racist and who are hateful, and they may laugh and agree on things, but they aren't out to hurt anyone. They are, by most accounts, good people. These people can be saved. These people can be made to see the error of their ways because on some level, they're good people. And these are people on both sides of the equation, both black and white. They're good people on both sides. Is <laughs> Both sides are responsible. They both have equal blame. And this is one time that I think that is actually true. So there are white people who are, like I said, friendly, you know, towards blacks in public, have dinner with them, share things, they confide in each other, and they're friendly towards each other. And then they go home, and they get around their friends, and they they laugh at racist jokes that the friends may say. They may use the language that the friends may use. And this is going something that goes both ways. I know that there are people who are white that do this. And I know that there are people who are black that do this. I try to not engage in people who have any kind of racially insensitive, insensitive conversations in a negative way. I don't use racist words to, you know, with hate towards anybody. I don't use that kind of language. And I try not to have people around me use that language. And people who know me can attest to that. I think that language is important because it shapes the way that we, our brain reacts and the way our brain is most likely to process information. So if we use that language, when we're in situations, that's what, that, that is what comes to mind. 
And then our language influences our actions because it influences our thoughts. Y'all with me? So we, we've we gotten through the racists, which are just irredeemable, worthless, waste of time, can't save them, don't even waste your breath. And we talked about the people who are potentially able to be saved. But they are at least sympathetic towards and friendly with those who are racist. These people can go either way. These are the people who are swayed when things go one way or the other. If they see something on the news about black people attacking whites, they may say, oh, well, maybe this guy is right. Maybe black people are savages. Or if they see something on the news and it shows President Obama and Chadwick Boseman handshaking and doing the Wakanda salute, they might say, wow, that's really powerful. Maybe these these people are good people. And on the reverse of it, there's black people the same way. They're one police shooting away or they're one Breonna Taylor away. They're one... Justin Bieber singing nigger on the chorus away. They're one more BS law away. There's one more thing before they snap and they become full on. I hate all the white devil people. Facts are facts. And they're also one act of kindness away. One act of compassion and one act of togetherness away from renouncing those kind of that kind of language and renouncing those kind of beliefs they can be swayed they can be saved and then you have the next level which are those that are good people they don't knowingly associate with racist people they don't use racist language but they are blind to the situations and circumstances of the other race these are people who are well-intentioned don't use like i said don't don't have any kind of negative thing towards anybody but they're so involved in their world that they don't realize that there's somebody else who's living a completely opposite life and this is on both sides these are good people these are people that that are our friends these are people that we know. These are people that we work with on both sides. And then you got those who are able to see things from the other side. They don't base their opinions off of race. They see people as individuals and they're able to be sympathetic towards each other. These people are the ones that are leading the fight. I like to consider myself to be one of these people. I could be better. I'm no saint. But I truly believe that if we can all try to get to that level of understanding and see that there's levels to this, we need to we need to know what we're dealing with and address it and label it accordingly. Then we can really start to be productive. You heard? So now that we have uh, solved racism.
Let's lighten things up a little bit. Let's take it back down a notch. Let's talk about The Rock, Dwayne Johnson laying the smack down on the White House. <laughs> I'm talking about The Rock potentially being a, a presidential candidate in the future. It's something that a lot of people have talked about, a lot of people have speculated about. Some people think it's a joke, some people think it's serious. And I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I am being naive to think that somebody like The Rock could be president and do a good job. Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's not that crazy to think about The Rock being president. So the president of the United States. What is the president of the United States? The president is not a king. The president is not the law. The president is not the government. The president is essentially the mayor of the country. And the mayor is to be respected and it's a position of esteem and it's something that is important. But the mayor don't tell me what to do in my house. <laughs> the mayor not doing nothing in my in my neighborhood. The mayor is a figurehead who can affect change in ways, but they don't get to just rule and make things up on their own. I think that the office of the president has uh, somehow become a position that I don't think a lot of people really understand. The president is not a king. The president is not the ruler. The president is not the end-all, be-all of the country. <clears throat> and so what the president is, is kind of a representation of the will of the people and the beliefs of the people. It is what the people aspire to be, at least in my opinion. That's why we vote on it. It's a popularity contest. If it was merit-based, you would have to earn your way up to the presidency. But it's not based on qualifications. That's why when the founding fathers of the country worded the Constitution and founded the country and made the rules, they did it the way that they did. Because it was never intended to be a lawyer or a doctor or one type of person or one class of citizen all the time. The purpose was to be a representation, a symbol, the best amongst us. What, what are our values? What do we believe in? Who embodies that the most? And we go and vote just like we did in high school for class president. The class president wasn't the smartest person. It wasn't the prettiest person or anything like that. It was the person that we wanted to be the most like. Who, who did we feel was the best representation of who we are on the inside? And that's why it was a, a sentimental thing. It was not just, you know, the smartest or the, the fastest, the strongest, the prettiest. It was who's the best, who's one of those people that nobody can really be too mad about being named this position. And maybe I'm being naive, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think that's kind of like how the president should be. And who embodies that more than the rock? This half black, half Samoan, second, no, third generation professional wrestler, ex-football player, 
Hollywood actor, rags to riches kind of story. He is articulate, well-spoken. He is charismatic. He is well-known. He is somebody who nobody ever really says anything bad about besides Tyrese. (laughs) Tyrese could beef with anybody. Tyrese is beefing with Tyrese. Tyrese beef with Will Smith. So I think we can kind of laugh that one off a little bit, but the point stands. The Rock is somebody who is full on charisma, full on intensity, full on, you know, on from the time that he comes on screen or wherever he's at. If he's in the room, he commands attention. You don't, nobody's going to be in the room with The Rock and not be looking at The Rock. And I think that even though The Rock is not a career politician or a politician at all, I think that The Rock is an intelligent person who has achieved success in different venues and ventures that he's had. And I think that he's somebody who's smart enough to surround himself with people who are well-skilled and well-versed in these things and is also humble enough to listen to those people and decisive enough to take that information and make a decision. And intelligent enough to be thinking clearly and know that the birthday card that he got from Putin wasn't really a birthday card. It was an assassination attempt, unlike our current commander in chief. (laughs) But if if the president isn't the king and he doesn't make all the rules and he doesn't get to really do anything, he's kind of our our spokesperson. Who would be a better spokesperson for the country than the rock? Who do we want negotiating with other countries? Who do we want in front of the camera? Who's going to be more dignified? Who's going to look more in charge than The Rock? Surrounded by security. Think about it, people. What is the president, really? What is the significance? What are the qualifications? What are the, 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 the commitment that he would have to, to commit to? That didn't make any sense, the commitment that he had to commit to. Thank you. Captain Redundancy. (laughs) You get what I'm saying. What is the job? Could he fulfill the job description? I think he could. If not The Rock, then I I say Oprah. But I'm tired of the same type of person being the president all the time and we not get anything done. I think that The Rock would fight for equal rights for everybody. I think that The Rock would be fair in his decision making. I think that The Rock would be inoffensive. I think that The Rock would be assertive. And I think that he can unite people in a way that the last several presidents have not been able to. So it's something to think about. Tell me what y'all think. Am I crazy or can you smell what the rock is cooking with your Rudy Pooh? Okay, that's enough. All right, y'all. That's it. That's episode three in the books. The I'll Get Better Later, I Promise podcast is in the books baby we done did it y'all hopefully have hung with me to this point hopefully i haven't made a complete fool out of myself hopefully i haven't offended anybody hopefully i have made you think about some things and hopefully you'll engage with me in discussion in this group of facebook.com slash i'll get better later twitter.com slash i'll get better later instagram.com slash i'll get better later Type my name in a search bar. It'll be there.
later y'all thank y'all peace love y'all until next time friday sometime during the day probably later than the earlier than this 40 and slip one